This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. Moonlight, you're my starlight. I need you all night. Come on, dance with me. I'm everything you. Moonlight, you're my starlight. A ton to get into. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Toronto Today. And as you just heard, coming up, World Cup continues. Portugal versus Uruguay at 2 o'clock. We will get into Canada losing to Croatia 4-1 in a little bit. But there is a ton of other things going on in the world of sports. We are on for one hour. And you know in life they tell you that it is not a sprint, it is a marathon. On this show today, it is 100% a sprint to the finish line because there is so much going on in the world of sports as it relates to you, a is out. And I, I saw this stat that, uh, a good reminder, the goalie who's played the most games in the month of November for the Maple Leafs is Eric Schalgren. It's like their third string goalie. I mean, this is not a guy you had on your mind when the season begun. And it's not like the Leafs, they beat the Penguins 4-1. Look how good their defense was without those guys. The Penguins came in seventh in goals per game. They were held to one. Again, no Riley, no Brody, no Muzzin. Pittsburgh had only five shots on goal in the first period. Like, if you were just watching that game on Saturday night, and there was no jersey names, no jersey numbers, and you had no idea about the depleted Toronto Maple Leafs defense, you would have thought everyone was healthy. You would have thought, oh, Riley must be out there, Brody must be out there, Muzzin must be out there, but they weren't. Sandine and Lilligren, these guys are setting career highs for minutes that they did against the Penguins. 23 for Sandine, almost 23 for Lilligren. So the unintended consequence, and you know we're hoping for guys to come back sooner rather than later in terms of Brody and Riley. Muzzin has been discussed. I don't know if we're going to see him again this year. But the unintended consequence of these injuries is we get to see accelerated development from Sandine and Lilligren. Things that both these guys craved. Both of them, you know, Sandine, you know, I want more minutes. And their career arcs, like when you're a young defenseman, it's never linear. But now they are getting an opportunity. Also, a redemption for Justin Hall. Played over 23 minutes in his previous four games. The what's wrong with Justin Hall conversation is not there as much. Giordano's the oldest player. He's playing like 23, 24 minutes a night. It's It's nuts. But I, I think that is the number one story on the ice for the Maple Leafs is how well their defense has been. Their defense has been, look at their numbers in the month of December in terms of goals allowed. And then remind yourself, oh, wait a minute, it's with a third string goalie. The Maple Leafs defense and the forwards. Matthews has been fantastic. This is Matthews' best year defensively. Same thing with Marner. Everyone is not only responsible, but the forwards and the defense for the Maple Leafs are making life easy for the goalie. And then what this means, big picture, is that Kyle Dubas is not in a rush. Because Kyle Dubas has this money to spend. He's got this LTIR money. It's like, oh, Muzzin's out. we got this money to spend. You know, uh, what, what are we going to go after? Are they going to go big game hunting? Then he doesn't have to. He can relax. Wait. And things could turn around. 
I mean, the Leafs have played so many games tonight. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost tonight to Detroit. It's like 11-5-4. We're just used to the Red Wings being bad. But you blink and you look at the standings and go, wait a minute. Oh, the development's coming. Oh, the young guys are starting to put it together. But it means Dubas is not in a rush. Because when you're in a rush, usually you make mistakes. That's not the case here. So the youth getting it done. The old guy, Giordano, getting it done. And the question mark, Justin Hall, have been getting it done. The next big story was Mitch Marner. (laughs) And not only 16 games with at least one point. The last time he didn't score, October 27th against San Jose. You know, he gets it tonight. He is one game away from tying the record with guys like Daryl Settler for most consecutive games with at least one point. If he gets a point in the next three games, he sets the record. And to me, the more fascinating thing is not the pursuit of this record. Because a lot of records, they're cherry-picked. You know, guys go on hot streaks. It's the fact that Mitch Marner has been putting up per game, on a per-game basis, more assists, more goals, and more points with John Tavares this year than he's doing with Austin Matthews. Now, again, small sample size. It's not taking anything away from Austin Matthews. To me, it speaks to just how good Mitch Marner is that you can put him, and again, hey, your life is easier when your center is Matthews or Tavares. But incredible job by Mitch Marner. doesn't matter who his center is, he's producing. And gorgeous fake on the breakaway goal on Casey DeSmith on Saturday. To me, though, the best moment for Mitch Marner was setting up the Holmberg goal. Great forecheck, beats Chris Letang, and feeds it for the uh, 2-0 goal. Forecheck. Matthews, when you go back and look at what he did, winning the forecheck battle to set up Nylander to make it 3-0. That Nylander goal is easy goal for Nylander. Why? The work done by Matthews. And then great job by Matthews to spring Marner all alone on that one nothing goal. So you look back and... It was a very successful Saturday for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's, uh, and by the way, I want to give a, a, a shout-out to Michael Bunting. The work and the effort he did on that, on that goal by Matthews was incredible. In fact, I'm going to play this clip. Normally, I don't play Sheldon Keefe clips, but he actually talks about a bunch of different things here. Here's, here's the head coach of the Maple Leafs, Sheldon Keefe, on Michael Bunting's effort on that 4-1 goal. Incredible. You know, it's just, you're not expecting it necessarily to finish in a goal like that, but our guys on the bench are already excited for the effort just in front of our bench to win that race, win the battle, and then, and then the pace that he had onto the puck uh, uh, to get it into the offensive zone to begin with. And then they just stay on it, stay hungry, brings all sorts of attention to him. And Austin finds a quiet area in the rink, and, and Bunce finds him. Austin finishes it, which is great to see as well, because I think Austin has been playing some really good hockey for us and has really helped lead the way for us defensively and with a lot of things he's been doing and you know getting some assists and things like that. But to get the goal is, is very fitting uh, and to, to the night for us here today. The effort by Bunting was there, or as Sheldon Keefe calls him, Bunts. Again, hockey players, you are so, our hockey culture, so lazy with your nicknames. But yeah, Matthews has been great defensively. And that, that story will get buried because defense is boring. Defense is boring from a guy who should be leading the league in even strength goals. And eventually things will regress a little bit. Moving over from the Toronto Maple Leafs, let's go to the Raptors. 
I'm going to be honest. Um, when I found out no Siakam, no Scotty Barnes in the lineup, I was like, all right, I'm going to bet the Mavericks. Luca's playing, yeah, it's not much money, 20, 30 bucks. And I'm glad I was wrong. Raptors beat the Mavericks 105 100. The big story there this is about OG Ananobi leading the NBA in steals. The month of November, like the, one of the themes of the show today is how good are the Toronto-based teams doing in the month of November? Now, the Raptors are not doing anywhere near as good as the Maple Leafs in terms of record. A lot of that has to do with injuries. But look at OG Ananobi. 22 points per game, 47% shooting. He's never going to be a knockdown shooter, but he's shooting 47%. He gets a block a game, gets six rebounds, two and a half assists. And, and I do wonder, OG, where does he rank? If we did a list... Of the quietest players of consequence in the NBA. For what OG Ananobi brings when he's healthy. You know, this is a guy who is a starter, who moves the needle, who's a borderline. He's not an all-star, but he's a borderline all-star. And because he's quiet, he's not on social media, there's, there's not much about him that stands out beyond his great defense. But it's hard to sell defense. But he's incredible. He was incredible on Saturday. And maybe the most remarkable thing, he scored 12 of his 26 points in the fourth quarter. But the remarkable part about that is he played every minute of the fourth quarter. And it's not like his job was, we've seen the players, we know who they are, James Harden, who just run from one three-point line to the other, just go back and forth, back and forth. It's a light jog. It's a little cardio. You know, get your sweat on. What was OG Ananobi doing on Saturday? He was guarding Luka Doncic. Not on every play, but Luka Doncic had a career or a season-low 15 shot attempts. Now, he did have nine free-throw attempts, but that was a lot of it was about Boucher. Or, excuse me, about, um, about OG Ananobi. And yet he can still find a way to get his offense going. Incredible. An incredible performance by OG Ananobi. Like, if I'm looking at this weekend, if I'm looking at this weekend about the biggest stories in Toronto, it goes the Maple Leafs defense is number one. The Mitch Marner... You know, going for this record. And also had eight shots against Penguins. That'd be number two. Number three is OG Ananobi. What it leads me to is, what do the Raptors look like with Siakam Barnes and OG Ananobi all together? We've seen it from time to time. But is there a way for this team to be not only winning games at a, at a clip that gets you out of the play-in, so you are six or better. Right now, the Raptors are seventh, but everyone's clumped together. By the way, the Raptors taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers. But my question is, can those three guys both individually have glory and the team have glory as well? Can those guys, you know, get the points, rebounds, sets? Can they get the individual numbers as the team is winning? I don't know. They play similar-ish positions. Eventually, they'll lead to a conversation of, oh, are you going to trade a guy? Do you got to get rid of a guy? What do you got to do? And by the way, if that happens, that is actually a good thing because it means if all three are playing at a level where you feel good enough where you could trade one and the drop-off isn't going to be that huge. Chris Boucher, season-high 22 points, 13 rebounds. Fred Van Vliet, quiet 26 from him. Raptors beat the Mavs 105-100. And also, just it's a classic Raptors win. Outscores Dallas 25-5 to in second, cha- second chance points. 
17 offensive rebounds, 15 more shots, plus three in the turnover margin. Finally, the big story is Canada losing to Croatia. And let's hear, um, give me the sound of Alfonso Davies, because the toughest part here was we were so excited. We were so excited in the first couple minutes. Here's Davies on scoring Canada's first ever goal in the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy for the moment, you know, to uh, to get the first ever goal in the World Cup with, for Canada. Yeah, for me, it's just, you know, I keep dreaming, keep believing, and I keep pushing, you know. Um, yeah, like I said before, the next game, we have to, we have to get, we have to get three points. We, <laughs> we got so excited. Producer Stephanie Apolito, I don't know if, how much of the match you're watching, but like, when Alfonso Davies scored, I'm like, oh, that's it? Canada's going to do it. Canada's going to win. It's like, dummy, it's two minutes in. Croatia is a top elite talent. This is Canada's first time, but I think that might have been the toughest part is our expectations got so high at that moment. I So I was driving around in the car with my kids coming back from my kids' soccer or hockey game. Yeah. And I had, like, prepped them on the game and what it meant, and they're young. They're, like, nine and five. And when that goal happened, I'm like, they're winning this game. They're, they're winning. winning this game. <laughs> I know. We had to run a couple errands in between. We had to go to, like, the dollar store, the grocery store. I'm like, okay, let's get back. Let's do it. They were losing by the oh, time. Yeah. They're like, mommy, I thought you said they were going to win this game. I'm like, totally. I, I was like, they are feeling it. Like, that, that quick into the game, I'm like, it's their game. Was, I lied. Yeah. I lied to the kids. Yeah, did you tell them about some other lies? But yeah. it, just, it was Croatia. Just it was wave after wave, and and the conversation about you know should Atiba Hutchison been playing at thirty nine years old, yeah. and the midfield looked weak and tired. Well, and- there's the conversation about like I I love the whole loyalty factor in sports, but I've heard so much discourse today about like was he too lo- like was Herdman too loyal? Yeah, to him. Like, should he have taken him out earlier? And I think it was like around, what, the 30-minute mark or so where it just felt like, okay, there's no way they're winning this game. Like, it was, it just felt around that mark that it you saw it coming. Like, they, it felt like they would never score again. When it became 2-1 and then Croatia was still having quality chances afterwards, yeah. I, think it, I think it sunk in. It's like, oh, wait, where's Croatia in the rankings? Where are we? Right. But th- th- that Davies goal, it-, it erased all the conversation. But, oh, Herdman saying we're going to F Croatia. And well, it all I want went your away. thoughts on this, Maddie. Yeah. So you were off last week. You yep. were living life in, in Mexico, Mexico, which I still hate you for. Thank You're you. so tanned after only three days. I know. But <laughs> so Al's brother was hosting Toronto Today, and I was producing it. And we talked a lot about those comments. And just we were both of the mindset that, yeah, like, of course, he's going to say that to his players. Like, he's he's having private conversations. The fact that he made that, you know, comment public to the media is one thing. Okay, you can agree or disagree that whether or not that was a smart move. But you expect him to be talking like that and amping up his players. But we thought at the time, too overblown. Like, this is overblown. Yes. People are, like, then the tabloids started getting in on it, the, uh, the Croatian media. But now, in hindsight... Just with, you know, the comments of the players post-game and, yes, now who F2, it's like, oh, well, that that actually did mean something. Like, I don't think guys need anything more to fuel the fire. No. You're playing on the biggest, like, stage of probably your career, a lot of these guys. But now in hindsight, it's like, oh, did that amp them up more? Like, where do you stand on that? Because at, at the time, I thought, all right, this is overblown. Nothing's going to rile these guys up any more than they already are. 
My thoughts on it is that both things can be true. Herdman probably should have kept it to himself and his players. I think he was doing it to overcompensate for the fact that the first time Canada's in there, and it's all about, like, Herdman has always been about instilling belief. You belong, you belong, you belong. And I think that's why, and he also said it in the moment. Yeah. Um, So I I had no problem with him saying it. No problem. part of this is we're playing the results. If Canada had somehow won that game, and clearly Croatia, the better team, the better program. Everyone knows that. But if Canada had found a way to win, we've seen plenty of upsets in this World Cup already. Yeah. Guess what? There wouldn't we wouldn't have been, even talk about it. We wouldn't even talk about it. It would have been a footnote. Yeah. So we're kind of playing the results. Um, but here is my message to John Herdman. I tweeted this out earlier. Here's what John Herdman needs to do. Next time he's talking to the media about the game, uh, Canada-Morocco. By the way, you can hear it right here on TSN 1050. Mm-hmm. 9 o'clock pregame, 10 o'clock match start. Here's what he's got to do. He's got to grab the mic and say, let me tell you what we're going to do in Morocco. We are going to make sweet, tender, <laughs> patient love to Morocco. We are going to put Morocco down on a bed of feathers and silk sheets. And there's going to be beautiful candles. And, and we are going to listen uh, attuned to the bar. Anyway, now this is getting gross. We're going to make sweet love. That is what I think I get your point. Yes, just I, extra love. Just yes. extra love. You yes. know what he should do? He yeah. should pull that world juniors coach. Like, they're faster, better, stronger, totally oh, yeah. better than us in the, every regard. Or was whatever it the it was. Swiss coach? Was it the Swiss coach? It was Christian Woolwind. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we should find that audience. <laughs> Actually, that should be Herd- Herdman. That should be Although Herdman's. probably a bit too late now, right? Probably a little, a little bit late. A yeah. little bit late. But yeah. um, as for Canada, now it's about about Morocco. It's about starting the building blocks for World Cup 2026. Try to leave on a good note. Uh, Jim Ralph is going to join us next. We'll get all things Leafs, Marner, the defense. You are listening to Toronto Today, brought to you in part by 241pizza.com. Enjoy plant-based garden pesto pizza, pizza and wings, pizza and penny combo, and more. Visit 241pizza.com. Jim Ralph joins us next. Now, back to Toronto Today. Get out of your vehicle lease ASAP. Over 200,000 customers per month are looking to take over your lease. What a relief. Go to leasebusters.com. As you heard, Leafs Red Wings tonight on TSN 1050, pregame at 6.30. It is Todd Crocker in from, from the Marlies, in for Bowen. And he'll be joined by my next guest, Jim Ralph. And Jim, I wanted to start here with you, with Bo, with Bonesy away. Does this feel like? Uh, is it a substitute teacher? Is it uh, you get to goof off a little bit? How does it? How, how does a broadcast feel without without Bo in there with you? Well, it's different, but uh, I, don't, I don't think his flight lands from the Bahamas until about ten tonight, so he's not going to be able to make it. So, other than that, uh, you know, I'm trying to get through. You're gonna you're gonna be able to manage. You're gonna be able to to overcome. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it's actually when um, a few years ago um, Joe had the same thing. It was uh, lost his voice, and uh, remember Todd Crocker flew yes. out to Den- Denver to do his, his first game. So I've, I've been talking to Todd today, and um, I think we'll get through it just fine. Oh, I think you'll get through it great. Just sometimes I wonder when it's a different partner. You know, there's things. Of course, it's Bonesy we're talking about. I mean, it's a pretty. You know, it's not exactly like you're dealing with like a 1950s principal or something like that when you when you're working with Joe. Um, <laughs> There, there's so much to get to. I mean, we could start with all the serious stuff, and we'll get to all of it. But as a former goalie, how do you rank on a scale of 1 to 10 Matt Murray's ability to knock over a, a, a net without any, and trying to go, what, it wasn't me? I didn't do it. Yeah, well, it's, uh, yeah, and especially in back-to-back games, 
against against Jersey and Minnesota. So uh, you know his his comment was that he's he's always used the post to push off on or push off on, and um, whether he had uh, you played the faulty posts or just the way he does it. But uh, I mean, we've noticed it obviously more in the last two or three games than we have before then. So uh, we'll see if that settles down a little bit because, you know, you do wonder if, um, you know, we've been, Joe and I even talked about this on the air where, uh, you know, that delay of game penalty throwing it over the glass. Uh, it never used to be automatic until, yeah. you know, the last few years. Then, then at first it was just the goalies were penalized for throwing it over the glass and now it's everybody. So now you wonder if, if that's going to be something because, you know, let's face it, it, it does delay the game. But um, that that would still be a pretty hard judgment call, I think, for the officials to make. Jim, the number one takeaway I had on the game against the Penguins, who came in seventh in goals and scored just once, is Toronto's defense. And, you know, they're 9-1-3 in the month of November, and that's with no Muzzin, and T.J. Brody's missed a bunch of games, and I'm working <laughs> Riley's out. But you get the young guys setting career highs. You get the old guys still playing 20-plus minutes a night. Uh, just your thoughts about this defensive unit as a whole. Well, I, but I think, Matty, you still have to say it's a, it's a five-man defensive unit, you know, it, um, which is, you know, I, I think at times what what is lacked, you know, when they've struggled defensively. So, um, you know, as great as the guys have been and, and have been able to seize the opportunity, um, I think the forwards have been much more conscientious of coming back and getting in lanes and blocking shots. And um, I think because of that, the offense has been better too. So it's uh, it's one of those things when, you know, I think if you would have said to somebody at the, the start of the year, say, you know what, you're going to lose your, your top two goaltenders, you're going to lose uh, three top four defensemen, and then uh, Jordy Ben will be gone as well, and they're not going to score at the pace they did last year, and the power play is not going to be quite as good. Um, how do you think they'll do? Yeah. You know, yeah. And uh, I think that's where you got to give them a lot of credit. And, you know, even you know when you look at it, I mean, maybe you could do this with a lot of stats, um, in professional sports, but if if you flipped their overtime record where they're one and five, if you flip that, they're what eighteen five and one, you know, and uh, then they're in Boston time, Bruins territory. If if yeah. overtime is different, suddenly they're in Boston Bruins territory. Yeah, and and you're still looking at it saying, boy, you know, I I think they can be better, <laughs> you know. So so it's a good thing, but but I think the the great thing is is you've got this adversity that you've had to, to handle. Especially when you got off to a very subpar start, whenever you know, for the most part, everybody was healthy, and this would have been the time where you could have said, "Okay, well, at least now we got an excuse," you know. And if that plays on you, and, and you can, you know, muddle along playing five hundred, and people will think, "Well, they're working hard," but you know what? They've they've been able to, you know, draw from uh, you know some past experiences and and turn it into a positive. And and at the same time, you get even though it might be. Uh, you know, a little sooner there than expected, say for Matt Hollowell and some other players that to get, you know, NHL time and or increased minutes. Um, there is a positive that now with this depth, they're getting more NHL experience. So, should you need it, um, come playoff time, you know, maybe in the second round, all of a sudden you find you're in a similar spot. Um, 
and, and have to, to draw back on that experience. So there's a lot of positives with this. Oh, absolutely. And I think the big one, and it doesn't get talked as much because it's not as sexy. When we talk about Austin Matthews, it's what's going on with him scoring goals at even strength. But he's been great defensively. And, you know, if you just look at the goalie numbers, and again, everything is based partially on their play, partially on the system and the play of the forwards. But Samsonov is fourth in goals against. Shalgren, his numbers for the third string goalie and the amount of attention, you know, he's got a better goals against than Freddie Anderson. And Matt Murray has been great since he came back from injury um you look at this team and the one weakness we we were circling was the goalies well their individual numbers to your point jim it reflects on them doing well but it also reflects on everyone in front of the goalie yeah and it's um i mean i think once you got down to shelgren again and again you're you're fortunate that he had the nhl experience he did last year you know through uh through the injuries when he was able to come in and play but they've um They've been impressive, and you know it's uh, obviously you know Matt Murray's history, winning cups with Pittsburgh, and then having a tough time in Ottawa and spending time in the minors. Um, you know because we're not privy to watching him in every game. Um, you didn't really have a preconceived notion of what he was going to be able to do when he came here. But what I've loved about Matt Murray, especially uh, Maddie, is the fact that uh, he really battles. It's not just a matter of being on the goal line and trying to get big. You see, you know, the shoulders are forward, and and he's got his nose, you know, a foot from the ice uh, when there are scrambles in front. And um, he's he's really, to me, uh, been impressive the most is how he's battled in the net. Um, he does a lot of other things. He's a big body, but he stays square, and the rebound control has been great. But uh, I've really been impressed with with how he's been able to battle through. Um, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of traffic and, and loose bucks in the creek. Yeah, it's been great. I was, I was about to be a jackass and make a joke, whether he's battling the opponents or battling the net to dislodge it. But I'm not <laughs> going to do that. I'm a professional. Uh, joined by Jim Ralph here on Toronto Today on TSN 1050. All right, Jim, let's, uh, let's do one of the oldest tropes in sports media. I'm going to give you two options. You may only select one. Are you ready, sir? Uh, pass. Okay, that is not how you play this game. You cannot say pass. Okay, okay. So then, okay, pass. Then I'm going to ask you deeply religious questions, including ranking the top five religions. You may pick that or the Toronto Maple Leafs. Which one of these two would you like? I'll take Greek mythology for four hundred. Okay, Greek mythology for four hundred. Zeus. No. All right. Yeah. By the way, be careful. I have an arts degree. Don't you think? Don't don't think I can't do you know little Oedipus Rex with you. We'll get a little Greek mythology. We'll go into Roman stuff. You know, maybe we'll do a little Odysseus. But instead, um, more impressive, Mitch Marner's uh, gorgeous goal he scored, or the work and the forecheck he did, beating Chris Letang, setting up Holmberg for the two nothing goal in the second period. More impressive, the Marner goal or the Marner assist. Uh, I'm going to go with the assist simply because the um, the timing of it. I mean, it was great to get on the board in the first minute in Pittsburgh, but um, basically he beats two guys. That uh, beats one guy one on one in the battle, and then he's got two uh, New Jersey players around him when he's able while he's falling to throw it out to. Um, well, I guess it was Tavares's goal, wasn't it? Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm I've got the wrong game. I'm going back to the New Jersey one. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I just think so much of his game has been impressive, you know, from the penalty kill. To, and, and even the point streak, Matt, he started kind of quiet because there were a lot of games where he picked up one assist and it was a secondary assist. 
which wasn't really the, the Marner slash Gretzky way of, of setting up goals, but um, it, it, it is difficult to pick one, but um, all right, I'll, I'll slide back to the goal, open the scoring. Oh, uh, bad, bad I, change by the bad change by the Penguins, and um, he got the lead off in the right foot. Jim, I hate to tell you this, but you picked the wrong answer. You you had it right the first time. It was the excellent work for check beating Latang, feeding it to a wide open Holmberg. Um, but okay, you got that one wrong. But you got one more chance. Uh, you got one more chance here. What was the better moment from Saturday's four one win over the Penguins? Was it Matthews winning the four check battle to set up Nylander for the goal that made it three one, or was it him ripping the four one goal, beating uh, or with the Assist from Michael Bunting. Uh, I'm going to take the assist, and and I'll and I'll tell you why. And I think you know as much as we look at uh, Austin Matthews' goal totals, uh, even the setup on the Nylander goal, uh, Matthews could have tried the wraparound. I mean, he had some space at the side of the net and saw the better option, which was Nylander in front. So through this, you know, Matthews not being on a 60 goal pace like he was last year, uh, there have been a lot of instances. Where he's passed off when he could have could have tried to score, and I think guys that are concerned about their own numbers and can get a little bit selfish, uh, it's going to be shot first. But but so many times, even going back to Nick Robertson's overtime goal against Dallas earlier, mm-hmm. which was on an odd band rush in yeah. overtime, Matthews passed off. So, is uh, I'm, I'm going to take the pass because I think that that has played into it to a certain extent. Why the goals haven't been there? Because a lot of times Matthews has simply been looking for, you know, a better opportunity to score, even if it's not on his pick. You know what? It's a great point by you is that, you know, we do focus on the scoring, but he is doing everything else at such a high level. And clearly he's not worried about his individual numbers, as as you point out there. Jim, that answer was so good, I'm not going to ask you the, the tough question of, if God is good, how come bad things happen to good people? Moving on, tonight the Toronto Maple Leafs are taking on the Detroit Red Wings, a game you can listen to right here on TSN 1050. I'm just wondering, as a guy who played hockey at the highest level, how tough is this game going to be for Toronto? Not just because the Red Wings, you know, are coming in and you know they're doing you know an excellent record, but this is the third game in four nights for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, and, and again, uh, you know, it's a three and four, but at least they had uh, yesterday off, obviously. But the game in Pittsburgh that was three and four as well, uh, and a little tougher, although they. I guess maybe got a bit of a break that uh, Minnesota was an afternoon game and, and they got into Pittsburgh at a decent hour. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's, you know, it's, I think it all evens out by the end of the year where, you know, you get teams coming in on back-to-backs or three games and four nights and you try to take advantage. But, um, you know, it's, you know, Detroit's on a five-game winning streak. Um, they're on a, a little bit of a roll as well, but, um, you know, I don't. I don't know if it's any tougher than um, any other game. I think you know San Jose. If you want to look ahead, San Jose on Wednesday will be a tough one because you're coming back off the road and you've had some success and, and have to try to gear up again. Jim, always appreciate. We'll be listening to the game tonight. All the best, my friend, and thanks for playing along. All right. Thanks, Matty boy. Take care. That is Jim Ralph. Again, the coverage of the Toronto Maple Leafs taking on the Detroit Red Wings right here on TSN 1050. 6.30 is the pregame. Puck drop is just after 7 o'clock. On the other side, we will get into what happened in the NFL and... 
I'm going to make some more bigger picture proclamations. Some of them are, are going to seem pretty obvious, but it was a wild, wild weekend of football. It always is. And I, I, I'll just say this. When we're more concerned about dead cap money with Aaron Rodgers than we're concerned about his completion percentage... Well, if you're a Packer fan, you have to like we can talk about the biggest issues going on right now with with quarterbacks and and everything can start with Russell Wilson and that deal and we'll get to that. But the conversation with Aaron Rodgers about oh are they shutting it down? What's his cap hit over the next couple of years? That has to frighten you if you are a Packers fan. Hey, I want to remind everyone to share the love this holiday season with McDonald's. Text the keyword holiday and your name to 105050 for your chance to win a $200 McDonald's gift card. Are you feeling festive? Oh, enjoy a peppermint mocha or hot chocolate paired with a freshly baked festive ginger RMHC cookie or the McCafe creme brulee little donut available at participating locations. We will get into the NFL story next right here on Toronto Today. Now, back to Toronto Today. If you are in the first up football survivor pool, if you are still in it today, and you can go to tsn1050.ca, good for you. You are either the smartest person in the world of football or you are the luckiest. There is no in-between. There is no dimmer switch on this. It is one or it is the other. And congratulations and a reminder... Make sure you go and fill out, especially now. My God, if you got this far, so go to tsn1050.ca. The last person standing will score a free set of Rodex tires along with install at your local Cal Tire, as well as 2500 bucks in cash. Plus, I think we still got one more set. We've been doing this all year, giving away free sets of tires to lucky winners that we're doing throughout the NFL season. TSN 1050's first up football survivor pool, sponsored by Rodex, an exclusive Cal Tire brand. There is, there was a bunch of headlines from this week in the NFL. I, I think the place to start is the Philadelphia Eagles and what they did on the Sunday nighter, what they did to the Packers. Eagles won 40 to 33. Eagles had 500 total yards of offense. They scored on seven of 10 possessions. They rushed for 363 yards. By the way, the game itself was wild. The first half alone, it feels like a Christmas carol, you know, like, and a partridge in a pear tree and two maids of milking. Is it two maids of milking? I don't know, but there's maids of milking. There's a bunch of them. And thank, thank you for maids to doing the milking because dry cereal is disgusting. But that first half had seven touchdowns, two interceptions by Aaron Rodgers. A.J. Brown lost a fumble. There was nearly 500 yards of offense. And uh, Jalen Hurts had 126 yards rushing in the first half. So the little picture is the Eagles win. Um, they've got the best record in all the NFL. Jalen Hurts has probably now put himself one spot behind Patrick Mahomes for the MVP. But the other story is all about Aaron Rodgers, who got hurt, left the game with an oblique injury, and uh, now we're wondering about his future. Maybe it means nothing, but let's, let's just hear from Aaron Rodgers talking about having a hard time breathing. And it was in the first half, and then got kind of re-aggravated in the third quarter. Just having a hard time breathing, and rotating my upper body. So 
I was worried uh, about a punctured lung as well. So I want to get that checked out. It has been such a disappointing season from him. And now you wonder, is Jordan Love always going to get the start? Do you think the team would be happier? I think that te- now that they're basically, they got no chance of making the playoffs, I think the team would be happier with Jordan Love. It's like, well, the receivers are like, we're not getting big numbers with Rodgers, and this guy's been a major Debbie Downer since day one, even before the season. And now we're looking at his cap hit. By the way, for anyone who thinks he's going to be traded, here's why he will not be. He will be the quarterback for the remainder of this year and next year. He's got a dead hit. If, if the team gets rid of him before the end of 2023, the dead cap number is $99 million. That's the salary cap for the Atlantic Division in the NHL. Is $99 million. Absolutely crazy. That, for me, is one of the biggest stories. Another one, Russell Wilson getting yelled at by defensive linemen. Russell Wilson, Denver loses to Sam Darnold, 23-10. to That might be the worst contract and the worst trade in the history of all of sports. First-round picks here and there, $245 million contract extension, and Russell Wilson can't even hit 150 yards passing. Good on Jacksonville and the Chargers going for two-point conversion wins at the end of game instead of overtime. They're like, no, forget overtime. We are either going to win or lose now. And the last moment we might have seen of Jacoby Brissett, hell of a touchdown to David Nugatu. And yes, I did mispronounce his last name. We're just going to move on from that. And Deshaun Watson is uh, can now come back and play football Cleveland beat Tampa. It was a wild weekend of of the NFL. We don't have time to get in all of it. By the way, I want to remind everyone, you've been listening to Toronto Today, which is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards, and it's available at Petro-Canada, the perfect gift for any occasion. And I want to remind everyone that uh, what we got coming up is, and we're going to have the World Cup coverage continues on the TSN radio network. Portugal versus Uruguay next. You got Matt Cullen. You got Paul Dolan with all the coverage. Then after that, you got Overdrive coming up after the match. You got Leafs and the Red Wings tonight, which is much better. But still, if you're in bets in fantasy or betting, you got the Colts and Steelers. It is a packed Monday night right here on TSN, on TSN 1050. Enjoy the games. Enjoy our coverage. It is Portugal. It is Uruguay next. This has been Toronto Today on TSN 1050.